1982, Michael Jackson was set to have back-to-back number one hits. Billie Jean was dominating the charts and Jackson's new single, Beat It, was set to take over. But something got in the way. Dexy's Midnight Runners snatched the number one spot for one precious week with what would become their only hit in the U.S. Dexy's frontman Kevin Rowland took songwriting credit for the unexpected hit, but in 1997, Rowland confessed that the song came from former band member Kevin Archer, who had left the band before their second album. Quote, The musical sound mixed with Tamla-type soul came from Kevin Archer and not me, as I claimed. The idea and sound was his. I stole it from him. Hurting Kevin Archer deeply in the process. I conned people all over the world, from the people close to me and the people I worked with, to the fans, to the radio and TV programmers, and I made a lot of money. To everybody I conned, I'm sorry. To my beautiful friend, Kevin Archer, I love you. I'm sorry I hurt you. I was jealous of you and your talent. You deserved better. I hope you get what you deserve. Archer has received royalties for his contributions to the song, and with Rowland's confession, some might consider the matter resolved. Not Rowland, however, who almost two decades later recanted his words from 1997. Quote, Around 19 years ago, I gave an interview about how I'd stolen this single from Kevin Archer. Some of it was true. Most of it was me punishing myself. I was in a dark place and thought it had all been him, and I had no talent. What actually happened was... He played me his demos, and he was using a combination of a Tamla-style beat with violins, which I thought sounded better than what we were doing, so I nicked that style and the idea of speeding up and slowing down. I didn't steal one note, one chord, or one melody, said Rowland. Alright, so surely the rest of the song is all Rowland, right? Not quite. The opening melody on the album cut is from an old Irish folk tune, and the closing lyrics are lifted from Thomas Moore's Believe Me If All Those Endearing Young Charms, set to that very same folk tune. Alright, and then it's all Rowland, right? No! The title of the Dexy's second studio album, which the song appears on, To Rye A, a line featured heavily in the single as well, is ripped from the classic Irish-American song, To Relu Relura. Brackets, that's an Irish lullaby. That's the full song title. Truly, Rowland's influences on this folksy 80 hit begin and end with his weird lyrics. Originally about the musicians that influenced him, the song wound up being about trying to sleep with what I hope is a woman and not a young girl. That's right, we're talking Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one can sing, just like our fathers. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my poor old co-host... Oh, Alex Mildenberger. Oh, Alex. Alex Mildenberger. I'm doing well. How are you, Sonny? I'm doing just fine, Alex. How much longer will I keep this up? I'm hoping like 90 minutes. Well, we have the time. <laughs> we sure do. Um, how you been this week besides poor and Besides poor and old. No, I've been good. I've been good. You know, normal. I just, I just took the flannel sheets off the bed, so things are, are warming up in Calgaryland. Um, and it's been a good week because I've been listening to Dexy's Midnight Runners. Have you been listening to more Dexy Midnight Runners than just... This no, song. <laughs> I haven't. Although they do have like other hits, or at least in one the UK, hit. they in have the UK. Gino. You're right. They had a number one hit before this song, yeah, as in their like original configuration. I think. Yeah, that was with Kevin Archer there, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like Ke- the other Kevin, 
Rowlet. Yeah. Uh, was maybe a little unstable at times. Um, yeah, a bit of there's there's a quote. A lot of people would leave the band and he would say yeah. he like made the horn section learn strings at one point. He was like, You guys need to be string players or you you're out of the band. <laughs> so yeah, it's a whole there's stories. Yeah, a quote from Archer here is Kevin Rowland ruled the group with a rod of iron. He wouldn't speak to us personally. After shows, we'd been in a room on our own. It became, quote, hate Kevin Rowland time. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, I'm not surprised they left the band. No. And so he, when he, like, left the band, he had still had to go around to Billy Adams' house, the new guitarist, and, like, teach him the chords for songs before he was, like, done. But he wanted out. Yeah, Rowland's a bit of a for the amount of success that Dexy's Midnight Runners has, which is two, you know, one and a half songs on average. <laughs> right. More more so in in the UK. For sure. Yeah. But even there, it's really it's not like the Wikipedia page said hits like Gino, come on Eileen, and a third thing. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. But he is like very very big personality for what's a very, very small band in terms of cultural impact. Yeah, I almost wonder if he kind of self-sabotaged in terms of that. Um, yeah, just because like might, not being able to keep a like, stable band together because you're a bit of a megalomaniac is kind of you know, makes it difficult to do certain things potentially. Yeah. Not for everyone, like, but you know. But yeah, you, you got to have, have people have to a lot to back that up. And yeah, he fighting with his band. He fought with like British media. He there was a point where he's just like upset about them like not covering his singles, and so he like did some kind of boycott. He's like they don't get to know anything, and then that brought journalists to him, and then they would like ask him questions, and he would just straight up refuse to answer any question he didn't like. Yeah, and I mean the other thing I heard about him well just based on like the story is like if you look at the the band in the early days they had like they were you know they, they changed how they dress you know they kind of had these gimmicks going on it was like new yeah. wave times so mm-hmm. that was sort of expected and even today um but like he would say like oh you know this is everyone no one's taking us seriously you know this is just a novelty and it's like well yeah but you're the one who wrote the song with all these celtic influences and like it did well and everyone loves it but then you're like ah no they don't actually like the song it's just a novelty to them and it's like you got to take what you can get man like <laughs> yeah it's you got to take it somewhere but maybe that's of course him thinking that well the music which is what people like about this song we'll talk about the lyrics but like <laughs> it's the banjos and the violin and the upbeat dancing around vibes that make this song a hit and if he at that time was attributing that to kevin archer i could see him being pissy about that true being like nobody even cares that this is maybe about a 13 year old girl yeah i i always thought that it was about two young people yeah but how young is really the question okay because if it's two thir- if this song is about two 13-year-olds fucking Alex, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Um, I, it's, it's unspecific. I think it's about two young people. I thought it was about they like grew up together. That's the story I always heard. Yeah, well, that's uh, the fake story. That woman doesn't actually exist. Yeah, the story. So he used to tell people that Eileen was his childhood friend. 
And he has, that is a lie. What he did there is a little, a little uh, theater technique we call lying. Oh, lying. Sure. And then he said it was about a Swedish journalist who interviewed him once. And he was like, wow, she's a smoking babe. And that's also a lie. There was a Swedish journalist that he did think she was hot, but that, he didn't like then write this write song, the song about, about her. her. So I'm trying to find the quote here where he talks about how it's like an amalgamation of these things and also his criticism of Irish Catholic women. <laughs> and like sexual repression. Yeah. So it's a lot of things, but like the way he presents it again is like weird. She says, for years I told everyone that Eileen was my childhood girlfriend. In fact, she was composite to make a point about Catholic repression. On the projected Passion Review Tour in 81, there was this girl interviewing us, and she was going on about the spiritual nature of this music, and I'm thinking to myself, right, but that's not what I'm feeling at this moment. She was really good looking, and I was reminded of being a teenager surrounded by Irish Catholic girls you couldn't touch, but at the same time with these overpowering feelings of lust, which you're not supposed to have. Which I think comes across in the song. Yeah, it's just, again, are we, what is the angle here? Is he, because there's, like, there's a way it's okay with, where if he, like, comes back to see a childhood friend and they were both adults and he goes, wow, you're smoking hot now. You and I should engage in sexual intercourse. That's fine. But if it's just about, like, two kids who hit puberty and then are like, we should bump uglies, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to that song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh... I didn't think of it that specifically. How specifically did you think about it, Alex? Absolutely. I mean, just the idea that it, it's about sexual desire. Okay. Generally. And how you need you and your five friends to back you up. To... How you need you and your five friends. Yeah, <laughs> then you bring the music video into it. And, uh, that, and that things get even more questionable, right? Yeah. But we begin by saying, come on, Eileen. We do. We say it twice. But yeah, that's, you know, so that's the, the title of the song. No real meaning there yet. Um, verse one is where we really hit some, hit some shit. Yeah. Poor old Johnny Ray sounded sad upon the radio, moved a million hearts in mono. I'm going yeah, to read the rest uh, the of that. Kind of yeah, no, go ahead. First theme that, that the song brings up is like this theme of like the past. Yeah. Um, which I know is a very vague thing. Uh, but, uh, like, looking to the past and, like, what, what the generation before you did kind of thing. Where yeah, there is, from. like, a generational, like, riff. It's, like, this idea of trying to fight back against the older generation and not take their way. That comes up a lot, especially in verse two. But, yeah, mm -hmm. you get the groundwork here. Yeah, uh, poor old Johnny Ray sat, sat upon the radio. So, Johnny Ray, for those of you who don't know, He's, uh, he was like the predecessor to rock and roll, apparently known very specifically for doing uh, singing sad, sad songs. Now, music journalist yeah, Robert yeah. A. Rodriguez noted that uh, Ray's contemporary obscurity in his 2006 book, blah, blah, blah. He's, he writes here, though barely remembered today, to the 50s record-buying public, Ray was something of a former-day Leonard Cohen or a Morrissey, creating a body of work that was a very definition of depression fest, with titles like, What's the Use? Oh, What a Sad, Sad Day, and... Here I am, brokenhearted. So he's like a very—he's a sad guy. He's your sad sack of the fifties. Yeah, uh, I don't know any Johnny Ray. Um, yeah, me neither. Can tell you a single Johnny Ray song, but they're all sad. They're all fifties style. Uh, he moved a million hearts in mono. Um, because 
mono monoral audio. This is 50s recording equipment. Yeah, it was all one track, or at least not split in stereo. Um, yeah. I also, uh, I mean, you get you get a little alliteration here, just a little bit, and it's not consistent. With a million hearts, mono. Sad, a million mono. Could have made it mines, but you know what? He didn't. So yeah, we're painted this picture of the the past generation as sad immediately based on who they listen to the most. Poor old Johnny Ray. Yeah, it seems to be about. I mean, it talks about our mothers, right? Our mothers cried. Yeah, saying along and blamed them. Um, I the the other function I think there is is just to introduce childhood into the mix. Sure. Yeah. 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 Of uh, his own childhood, narrative childhood. Yeah, it's interesting though that he doesn't mention like, and this is when we were children because usually songs that are like in my childhood be like you know. Back then, I was doing this. It was the summer of 69. Right, this is more about him observing things happening. Or or mm -hmm. not necessarily even observing, just things that are happening. Just things that are not happening to him. Exactly. Because, yeah, he's he's setting up his generational art. His, His argument for boning down comes from a place of, like, look how bad the last generation has it. If we fuck tonight, we might be able to get out of there. Yeah, it's a little born to run. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but maybe less hopeful. Yeah, and where Born to Run has romance forward, this is very clearly just sex forward. Yeah, or, you know, young person emotion not necessarily being able to parse it fully. Well, I think that's even present in Born to Run, but again, it's just the idea. Like, Born to Run's ideas are not, you and me should fuck on the hood of this car or something. He doesn't say, come on, Wendy, let me in inside your vagina. I want to <laughs> eat your pussy. Yeah, like, it's not. <laughs> he's never like, look at your body. Oh, my God, you're such a hottie. Or Ooh, anything that would like rhyme, that. Though. He could have done that. He could have done that. But it's like, get in the car. Let's get the fuck out of here. Like, it's, it is a much more romantic vision of youthful escape. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's so yeah, sang along who blamed them. So yeah, he's 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 also giving the the older generation a pass here. He's like, you know what? Who could blame them? They're in the situation they're in. Of course they're singing along to sad old Johnny Ray. Sad old Johnny Ray. Um, you're grown. You're grown, you're up. grown up. So grown. So grown up. Grown now up. I must say more than ever. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, dog, I guess. Of course she's the most grown up she's been. This is <laughs> True. That is uh that's how time works. I'm the also, oldest I've ever been. And who who says that to somebody, Alex? Now I must say more than ever. No, no, no. That that that's just, but who says you're grown? You ever like oh, reunited yes. with an old friend they're like, "Damn, you're grown, yeah, you're dog." Grown. Um I do have a, a thought on this line. Uh particularly because he says it twice and I'm I'm thinking like see, Okay, so sometimes in movies, someone be like, oh, you look really, and then on an obvious beat where they're like, I'm thinking about cleavage or whatever, and then right. they're like, different, or something like that, and I feel like it's kind of that kind of line, like that's part of the repression. Who says, what? you're grown, very grown, and then if it was like a comedy, he'd be making like comic boob squeeze motions with his hands. Right. Or if he was like a cartoon, his tongue would like roll out. <laughs> yeah. Hit himself exactly. with a mallet on the head. Yeah. So you think it's just meant to be a euphemism for you got big old titties now? No, that's just my example. But like, 
the idea that he's he's somewhat taken aback, but he's not able to, for you know, valid reasons potentially, say exactly what he's thinking. But so, he and the only on thing to... you can think to say is you're grown because we're like, okay. yeah, you're different. Like things have changed. But that's so how he's expressing the, that. The time lapse here, in terms of him seeing the last time you saw her, is it yesterday? And he's just now being like, wow, wait a second, puberty's hit. Is it, he's just come back from the war? Like, wh- <laughs> where are we where the line you're grown becomes, like you said, this thing that is the only thing you can think to say? I think they're just growing up together and they're in kind of the same place it's not that it's been a long time necessarily it's just he's noticing it that's a trope i think in stories sometimes like we grew up together and one day i just turned and noticed that i was into this person right so you're really buying into his childhood friendship story here Uh, that's the one that makes the most sense to me i don't fucking know alex (laughs) it's it all just reeks a bit a bit of just pop looseness to me, I think. It could be that I too. I would never, I don't care if I've known this person every day of my life. <laughs> fucking, they're like, whoa, you're grown. That's what your dad says to you. Yeah, it's a really awkward line. Yeah, but I don't think it plays like you're, there's an awkward line that plays to be awkward. And there's also a line that is awkward because it is not good. And I think this is the latter, not the former. Because you think he's older? Oh, it could be that he's older, but I like like he said, are they childhood friends? I don't know. I'm saying it's I'm saying it's just not good writing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's not we'll that's not is. my wheelhouse. I'll admit. Okay, writing sure, quality. Alex. Writing quality. Well, Alex, here's the thing about writing quality. Have you ever read anything in your life? Um, no. Okay. Yes, I have. Don't. Yes. So there lied. you go. You, you know how to judge writing quality. Yeah, to a, to Congratulations. A degree. To a degree. We've only been looking at songs for what we're in our fifth year of this together, Alex. But like sometimes, I think I, you I might be able to time. forge an opinion one way or the other. I hear that all the time. Like where where? Okay, I shouldn't say be too general about this. I have heard examples where someone's like says a line from a song. And then that's just like the evidence of like, see, it's bad. And I'm like, ah, it just sounds like a lyric to me. To and sound I like don't a understand it, so I don't know, man. I, but I don't you're know. right. Also- it may just be completely general. It fit in this spot because that's how it works with pop songs a lot of the time. Sometimes there's also people in a podcast I was listening. They mentioned that maybe the first half of this verse is from the like original draft of the song. It is I a kinda, little split up in that way. Like, yeah, Johnny Ray stuff feels so much Yeah, the Johnny Ray stuff, which then, in the original chorus of this song, it's not Come On Eileen, it's James Van and Me. <laughs> James Van and Me. And apparently it started out as a song called Yes, Let's originally, and the Johnny Ray line is from that. Yeah, that's right. There's some, like, rough live cut of them doing yeah. Yes, Let's. But yeah, James Van and me being James Brown, Van Morrison, and me, Kevin Rowland. Ah, so he reused the melody. Yeah. But yeah, singing about those old singers. And he definitely associated himself with James Brown and Van Morrison. Yeah, Van Morrison. Um, who apparently they used to call Stan Morrison sometimes. Weird. There's like a whole fucking paragraph online about how they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, we used to... We had this great joke where somebody was like, who's Van Morrison? We're like, no, nah, it's supposed to say Stan Morrison. He's a comedian. They spelt it wrong. 
and they thought that was funny enough to tell us. Okay. That sounds like a paragraph. Sounds like a paragraph, doesn't it? Well, I, I summarized it, but yeah. Um, so there you go. You're grown up. Now here, Alex, here's where we hit this good songwriting. Toorlura, toorlura, yeah. That's the good shit, man. I don't know what it means, actually. <laughs> Did you look it up? That shit hits. I think it's meant to be just what it is. It's like sing-songy and carefree, because then he says, and we can sing just like it's our not fathers. Like in Irish or something? No, it's not like a... It's from the, the Irish-American song Toorlura, 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 brackets. That's an Irish lullaby. That is an Irish lullaby. That, I mean, I only know that song because Van Morrison performs it in The Last Waltz. Oh, weird. Yeah. But yeah, I think it is just like, it's your id die 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 you know? You're, it's just um, like... It's like, yeah, I guess like, hush now, baby. No, those are real words. Hmm. Those are real words that are in there. It's just, <laughs> it's like fucking, it's Irish scat. Ah, of course. But I think it's meant to convey jovialness. I think it's meant to convey a carefree spirit. Because then he goes on to say that they're going to hum this tune forever, which I think means the two Ralu Ralu is. To, yeah, the next generation. Which is also, I guess to the next, I thought it more as a call to their own eternal youth. Um. You got to remember, he doesn't think he's going to be a father in this, this song. It does say sing just like our fathers, which I guess yeah, is more the generation. Yeah, we can sing just thing. like our fathers, who... If we're to contrast them to the mothers, are maybe happy? (laughs) Yeah, maybe, unless they're also listening to Johnny Ray. Of course. (laughs) You never know. Um, Yeah, Genius suggests that this is him being like, they're repeating the same mistakes of their their parents, so as much as he's like, listen, Eileen, the way to get out of this trap is to bone down. That's actually what leads to having children. And then, so he's singing just, singing to woo a woman just like his father did. And then, oopsie. Oops. There's no birth control in 1982. As we all know. <laughs> As we all Not know. In, I guess Ireland, but he's from England. Anyway. But you think he's saying, like, listen, Eileen, we can make kids and we'll sing lullabies just like our dads did. Is that your, your thought? Um, I, Not necessarily that specific. More like... Uh, just talking about like the generation, like like our fathers before us, we will do this as well. Yeah, but it's and also maybe that is singing a lullaby to a child. Weird to be like, man, our mothers listen to some sad shit, but hey, who can blame them? Also, we should do exactly what our dads did. Yeah, maybe it's just talking about sort of the inevitability of of uh, following the previous generation. Yeah, but he's, as the narrator, he's positioned himself as actively trying to fight that as we get to verse two. It's not as he clear is. here in verse one, but. He is. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so that's why I thought it was less hopeful than, than Born to Run. That was one of the. Right, because you think he knows he's doomed to repeat it. Or he is poised to repeat it without really realizing it. Like search and destroy. Yeah. He's been, he's the system. He can't escape it. Basically. Is this the world's forgotten boy, Alex? He is, uh, he may be a world's forgotten boy. Maybe well, a little Did you think we were going to go this hard on fucking come on Eileen? Not, no, I didn't. Not even ha- you're like, okay, yeah, well, it's, it's about love or whatever. Yeah, yeah <laughs> lo- young love song. No biggie. <laughs> Bang this one out. Just like they do in the song. 
Just like they do in the song, and boy, do they ever. Um, Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear. Well, he means, at this moment, you mean everything. You in that dress, my thoughts, I confess, verge on dirty. Oh, come on, Eileen. Yeah, get a little more explicit there. Because he so here says he's, he's thinking he, about dirty things. He's, yeah, he's figured out what he meant to say when he said, you've grown. He says, you in that dress, my thoughts, verge on dirty. They're not quite dirty yet. Yeah. Well, or he's still holding back in terms of what he's willing to say. Okay. Or admit. I guess it's flirtatious to say verge on dirty. You would say like, oh my, you know, he's, he's it's, it's, it's a polite way of, of saying a wooga. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're still cartoon characters. Ours bulging yeah. out of our skulls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing the, the motorboat on the lips. Things like, yeah. A little All bit of that. that. Don't know where that comes from. I mean, cartoons, obviously, but like... Whatever Bugs Bunny does in Space Jam, does do it that. do his... I think his ears twist and form a heart. Is that right, Alex? Oh, that sounds right. I haven't watched Space Jam in a long time. Does his heart beat very hard and in oh, a and heart like come out, out of his chest? chest? Like, push right on it, maybe... I'm like, all um, these things could have happened, but I don't remember that well. <laughs> I don't remember that well, but uh, yeah, come on, Eileen. Here's the weird, here's where things get weirder on another level, though, Alex. Is the back <laughs> guys. Yeah, they're like supporting him. Um, <laughs> so they're t- he's like, oh, I swear. And then they come in. He hasn't even said anything yet besides you've grown. They're like, he means well. Don't worry. He means well. <laughs> He's got his boys, you know? He's got his boys supporting him. Because I think that's what they mean by well he means. I don't think well there is being used like an um. I think it is like as in as good. In he means as well, in like, well he means. He means well, yeah. I buy that. Yeah, alright. At this moment you mean everything. Um. So I think it was Rowland who had a quote on this. Yes. Um. So it says, here's a quote here. Is, and though spiritual seduction might seem more my aim, right now I just want to take off all your clothes and do something dirty to you. Yeah, I don't know what spiritual seduction means. So you got to remember, once you dig through all of Rowland's hundred lies about this song, <laughs> that he says it's also about the prudishness of the Irish Catholic way. Right. So he's saying that though it might seem like and particularly if you are a religious person, you're an Irish Catholic, if somebody is trying to bang you, you might say, oh no, they're, try- they're after my spirit and they're trying to corrupt my soul and take me off the path uh, of Catholicism. Of and he's saying, like, not really. He's like, right now, I just want to fuck. I don't really care about the higher consequences of that. Or he's like, I really just want to, you know, get laid. And that's that's why he says at this moment is because he's like this is not right. a not all the time this is necessarily. not a grand plan. This is right now. You're wearing a dress, and I'm ready to bone down. A a good dress, apparently. Yeah, it's that dress. Uh, possibly also overalls. Not gonna worry about it too much. We're not gonna worry about it too much. Um, my thoughts. I I confess. Is that like a little little cheeky Catholicism reference? People confess oh, in that. Maybe. Hey. Maybe. Let's get into verse two, Alex. Yeah, let's things, do that. You thought verse one was tough. Let's get into verse two. This is easier, actually. I think these people around here were beaten down, eyes sunk in smoke dried face. They're resigned to what their fate is. What their fate is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot more born to run. Yes. To bring that up again. 
Yeah, even and taking the next lines, but not us. No, not us. No, yeah. never. Yeah, that's born to run by a lesser artist yeah. for sure. Yeah, like everyone is. Uh, yeah, not going anywhere. They're resigned to what their fate is. It's right in the yeah, song. To their shitty blue collar jobs. Like, yeah, it's very. Uh, yeah, it's it's on the money. This is Irish born to run at this point yeah, for sure. But they're going to run out. They're far too young and clever. Far too, too young, young and clever. clever. Remember. And, and then so then the you pair that with the two or two or two or Lurai A. We're far too young and clever. Boom. Here's the lullaby of the youth. Eileen, I'll hum this tune forever. What is this? Some Peter Pan shit, Alex? <laughs> yeah, they're going to ride off to Never Neverland and never age, even though. Never age, but fucking boink a lot. Yeah. Boink's got to be like the worst term for, <laughs> for sex I've used today and maybe in definitely, general. Definitely that I've heard today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, we'll see if we can make that worse by the end of the podcast. Yeah. We'll we'll do our best here. Um, but yeah, that's a a pretty common line. But he almost seems to undermine himself by once again referencing the past. To me, right. the Tuvalura is the, is a thing from the past that right. like he's not letting go of, and possibly it's even. Uh, I don't want to change gears too much but like a nationalist thing but i'm not gonna worry about that too much um right and like, we always do the best on our show not when gonna we stop to the political the meaning on yeah. songs. like let's talk about irish catholics and protestants no let's not do that um let's not do that um we are far too you but i was i will say in terms of like yeah laying it on is we are far too young and clever just a bit much it it does seem a bit much, which is one like of the laid reasons, it on a little thick. Yeah, it's very explicit, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons I thought it didn't have hope because it's almost like sarcastic, even though it's hard to really identify as sarcastic. Yeah, but you pair it with the two. If you look, if you and maybe Rowland's a bit up his ass. Maybe we got to look, brother. That's true. He is a little bit, it. so it's hard to tell. So you gotta like sit and listen and stare, but I can see that, and you pair it with your your well, like your your humming tune of freedom is rooted in the past and in child rearing, presumably because it's a yep. lullaby. You don't see many people doing lullabies outside of that context unless they're watching Jeopardy, because that was originally a lullaby. Yeah, or I mean, obviously the last waltz, as mentioned right. before, but just well, those yeah, Van two Morrison places. was trying to get the audience to sleep so he could leave earlier. Uh, well, supposedly he didn't even want to go out, but that was apparently a stage fright thing. No way, Van Morrison? He's <laughs> such a people person, though. I know, right? <laughs> um, But yeah, he says, I'll hum this tune forever, so he's always going to be about being young, boning down, and and ladling his gravy onto ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. His creamy gravy. <laughs> His creamy gravy. Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear what he means. Oh, come on, let's take off everything. That pretty rest, r- pretty red dress, Eileen. Brackets. Tell yes. Tell him yes. Yeah, well, I mean, we mentioned he's got support from his boys. <sighs> yeah, a uh, bit much, maybe. They, yeah, there maybe should be gone at this point. Yeah. Oh, come on, let's. Oh, come on, Eileen. That pretty red dress. Oh, come on. So we at this point, we learn that the dress is red. The, the symbolic color of horniness. Um, and that she's being pressured by a group of men to say yes. Yeah, that's not the the best part. It's not the best. And that's pretty, like, that's this whole, I mean, yeah, it's another chorus. We get right? a, a more, because we get to the bridge. But there's a bridge. 
and the bridge, which this is the speed up section, your shout section in the in the song. Uh, come on, Eileen, to Rulurae. Come on, Eileen. Now you are grown. Now you have shown. Now genius suggested shown was like showing a pregnancy bump, like we got a baby. Uh, I'm thinking it's more about showing some some titty. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, the next thing that these things they are real, and I know is the next unique piece of of uh, lyric. Right, which is another. <laughs> Like, the, the song feels so earnest. Like, the narrator might not be correct. Or it does to me, anyway. Um, these things being his feelings, I assume. Right. And, and he's like, it's real. I, I, I know, like, it's real and will last forever. And so will our youth and love. And nothing will ever change. Yeah. But also will escape. That's right. And then, of course, yeah, he's will escape. And then the next thing he says is, now I must say more than ever, things around here have changed. Right. So it's like we won't change, but things around here have changed. It's like, well, yeah, which is it, buddy? Things are changing, but they're not changing. Kind of take a little lesson from Tom Sawyer, am I right? <laughs> I mean, he's got the right outfit. Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, to Lura, to her freaking Lura. Oh, I swear! <laughs> at this moment, um, he says, "Whoa!" And then we get the outro, which of course is not in the radio cut. It's in just like the album. Ah, uh, yes. Um, which of course adds another leg because this is an interpolation of the Thomas Moore lyrics for the old Irish folk song. Thomas Moore wrote lyrics to it because apparently Britain was trying to like take credit for this folk melody and he's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to write some fucking slam jamming lyrics about my wife who has smallpox. And so <laughs> we come with this. Oh, believe me, if all those endearing young charms that I gaze on so fondly today were to suddenly leave you or fly in the night, just like fairy gifts gone in the sky. It's, what the fuck it's is like, he talking about? Well, it's, it's half the thought, right? Yeah. If those young, endearing young charms left you, and then it's like, wh- what would happen? Apparently the what next line happen? is, thou would still be adored at this moment, as this moment thou art. Yeah. Let thy loveliness fade as it will, and around the dear ruin, each wish of my heart would entwine itself verdantly still. Right, but I think here, and in and dropping that second half, it raises the question of what happens when your young charms leave. So you're right, maybe this is the piece of evidence that locks in the a man stuck in the machine just aware enough to as as anyone else who's been in that time, he's like, We're young and we can have sex to get out of this situation. Yeah. And it's like Oh, if you knew you wouldn't be young forever, you might get right. a job. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's half the thought, right? So it said, oh, if your charms left mm-hmm. you. Now, in the poem, he's like, I am mature enough to say, like, I don't care. But now we're asking, does the narrator care? It's clearly what he's focusing on in the song, right? Yeah, he's focusing on the gifts of youth, both in himself and, of course, in, in the grown Eileen. Yeah. So, perhaps... That's where the question comes. That's, that's the question they bring up. Yeah, so maybe broad. I think broad strokes. This song has a good idea about feeling powerful at a certain age of youth, but not understanding the full machinations that are going to, you know, swallow you. Um, looking at the people older than you and be like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of thing. Yeah, you like it. No, yeah. Another. We talk about this all the time. Young person song. Or mm-hmm. at least uh, a song that is from the perspective of a young person just growing up and 
yeah. seeing the world and experiencing things for the first time. So I think in that sense, like there's there's something to the song. I think when you actually read the lyrics, though, they don't fully support. It's pretty vague, right? Yeah, and distracted. I would say distracted. This song is in its own. Yeah. Like you have to fill in a lot of the blanks little yourself, things. and maybe that's yeah an appealing thing. Um, and the other problem with that, maybe it's a problem. Depends if if that's your opinion. Is uh, really hard to yeah. understand when he says the words. What he say? Oh my god! I think it's a benefit if you don't like the lyrics in the song. Because it, you're allowed to just bop along and jam to it rather than be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Your mom's cried? What? <laughs> yeah. And beating I think down, like fucking <laughs> beating and down like, what does that have to do with smoke dried face. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? And like, how would you pick up all those words? He says them so fast, right? He says them so fast. And such a, so beating like every, people think about this song, they're like, oh, it's so 80s. But it is also so like, not like anything else of the time it's like we're talking 80 to like the the top hitters were michael jackson and then this slips in between michael jackson hits this is so far from being michael jackson i would say yeah. that rowland is not your traditional pop singer or maybe even a traditional singer no i mean he's definitely more like in the new wave vein of like let's sing weird um, supposedly yes. his vocal style is at least partially inspired by General Johnson of Chairman of the Board, which is not okay. a band I really know, but he's sort of also influenced by this, like, with, like, Northern Soul movement or whatever. Right, is that this Tamla stuff I keep hearing so much? The about? what, sorry? Tamla? I don't actually know what that's referring to. Um, I don't know, because he mentions it, like, a hundred fucking times. Like, oh, <laughs> but, like, this Northern Soul, it was, like, I think mostly... English and Scottish trend of, you know, incorporating soul music or playing soul music, basically, like American soul music. So okay. that's part of Dexy's as well. Okay, so Tamla's like another tune from Motown. Okay. So there's the Tamla yeah, I think that makes sense then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you're talking soul there of, of varying sources. Um, yeah, apparently they were also inspired, like, musically by um, dun, dun, dun. Tom Jones, it's not unusual. Yeah. And rhythms like that. There's also a chunk of this that sounds like a song by I think it's the chorus sounds like fuck where'd I write it down? Like Jimmy and the Jets or something. Yeah, I didn't write that down either, but it does sound very similar. with less of that like layers and trading back and forth, but you get a similar like da 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 yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's that very same like kind of call and response structure. Yeah, so it is a lot of the, there's a lot of identifiable influences in this song for sure. Yeah, what's crazy is that secondhand songs when I like looked this up to find covers, it was like the original song is listed as a medley because there's <laughs> so many other songs in this song. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, it is too. One yeah, it's quite medley. funny. Um, but what's going on in this music? Because I think musically is where this 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 track kicks ass, Alex. We got so many crazy things happening. We got tempo changes. We've yeah. got key changes. Um, this song is so catchy. How catchy is it? It's been stuck in my head all week, man. Fucking a, dude. Like hard stuck in my head. It was only ousted briefly by nine and nine sick luft balloons, <laughs> and like that's. <laughs> That's about the only one that I think yeah, could do it. That's a, that's some strong competition. 
Um, and then it came back anyway. So, yeah, it's been quite a week. It's been quite a week. Yeah, and like it's one that I'm like, okay, I'm done listening to that. I'll just be like doing something else. I'm like, I should maybe just listen to Come On Eileen one more time. Yeah, maybe. We'll throw it on again. Listen. What a party tune. And whatever. what a deceptive intro. Listen to some Fallout Boy. I'm like, maybe I'll come back to Come On Eileen. Oh, are you listening to that new Fallout Boy yeah, album? There's a new Fallout Boy album. So. How is it, Alex? I listened to it through it once only. Okay. But my thoughts are positive at mm. this point. I was enjoying it. More like a jump on boy to the to the Fallout Boy bandwagon. Yeah, I definitely don't listen to Fallout Boy normally. So. No. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Let's talk yeah, about fiddle the music. intro. Yeah. What's that? Fiddle. Intro. Fiddle. Oh yes, that's the like the Irish folk tune. Yeah. Um believe me if all these endearing young charms, all those endearing young charms use the tune, I, I guess. Believe um, all these and then that bass comes in. Young charms. That's how it's pronounced, Alex. Oh yeah. I should have checked myself. Checked yourself before you wrecked yourself, but and yeah, and then we hit the the fucking dun dun dun. We hit that uh, not unusual rhythm. Not unusual at all. In fact, it's used in another song, but I can't remember which one. Um, and yeah, we, it, it gets pretty dense after that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get that. We get strings, the, piano, the strings. Yeah, that like tinkly piano. Yeah, good little like very rhythm focused piano part. Um, yeah, pretty great rhythm. There's a part I think the yeah the the chorus has a really nice bass groove on it too. Mm-hmm. Like there's actually some good rhythms going on in this. Yeah, there's. I mean, they just like layer stuff on. Yeah. Um, and then of course you get like nice piano gliss into the strings coming in. They're playing their riff, which like mm-hmm. oh yeah that like the big slide in. Yeah, slide in. And then with banjo cutting loose, it was kind of muted before that. And then here it's just like, yeah, I had to like double check. So I was like, is banjo Irish? But it's definitely in the song. It's certainly in the song. Pretty sure the answer is no, but I forgot to look that up actually. Hey man, but th- I mean, there's an accordion to me. There's, there's an banjo, accordion. there's several strings, horns. big there's a lot of stuff it's big yeah and that's and then we hit the our weirdo vocals on top of that poor old johnny right yeah. yeah and like how are you supposed to understand anything after the first i don't know that he but does slowly <laughs> something about <laughs> lyrics like <laughs> something about lyrics i can't understand man just the way he forms the words is a lot of fun yeah, the the like truly the singing itself, like as an instrument, is is uh, a pleasurable quality. Yeah. The other weird thing about it, I feel like on the one hand, it's strong melodically, yes. but on the other hand, there's not as much repetition necessarily, particularly in the verse. Like, because mm-hmm. if you listen to the way he says "Poor old Johnny Ray," like it's all up, but then the next mm-hmm. part is like, "Oh, our mother's cry," like then like doesn't oh, go up a side and then back down. Yeah. Um, sang along who? Oh, and then sang along who'd blame them? Like, Poor old 
more hobgoblin. It's like more stretched out, right? So like there's there's variation within that first verse. Like you have yeah, to almost... upon the radio. Like that's fast, but then the next part is sang along who so like suddenly it's all stretched out and then there's space and he, he has to fill with strings. Yeah. So Yeah, it is not like interesting. conventional in any mean like no two lines sound really similar. There's yeah. And it's I mean, there's the the hallmarks, particularly the Tuerlura stuff, and of course in yeah. the chorus you get a little more regular. But in the verse, there's weird stuff going on all the time. Yeah, he's he's really cutting loose. Yeah. So interesting uh composition. And then yeah, we do a, a little build up, like you said in that Tuerlura IA section, it's basically a pre chorus. Pretty much it is, right? It's kind of a, a refrain in terms of how it's positioned. Or it just because... Yeah. Not even... I guess pre-chorus is probably better. Verse. I was thinking because it starts with Come On Eileen, but that's kind of the backup vocals. Come on, Eileen. Yeah. Um, as Ooh, he goes... Sweet. As he climbs up for Tura Lura. Lura. Tura. Lura. Tura. Tura Lura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got in a little loop there for a minute. A little tour loop. Um, And other than that, um, this is kind of true of the whole song. There's a lot of, like, weaving, you know, interplay between the different parts. Uh, Yeah. Because, like, if I'm humming the song or singing along, I'm not just making the vocal sounds. I'm humming things the violin's doing or, like, the lead vocals and the backup vocals really meld together because it sounds like his voice is there mm-hmm. in the back of vocals plus the band so you really get that like wait which part is the lead thing yeah like come on Eileen no I swear banana yeah, yeah it's, they, they like come together yeah. they break apart he does one they do a bit they come together again you're right it's like it's very active and almost chaotic Mm-hmm. Like musically, which like everything's spinning around. Yeah, so like the way the music video presents it as like he's in a group and they're like all kind of chattering makes sense. Yeah, in terms of I mean I'm getting ahead of us now talking about the music video. But we, True, it does yeah. have like in some ways, and again this is almost Bruce Springsteen related, but like the ultimate bar band feel. This feels like a song that because it has that folk influence and because the the way it's performed, it's like you could hear this at any like particularly Irish pub and suddenly everybody's singing and it's it's just like that big of a folk group bar experience. Yeah, it's very group focused in that way. Yeah. And you know I guess he's a band leader. Mhm. Um as much as he's definitely been criticized in terms of his leading strategies. Um yeah. He's definitely leads a band. That much is certain. Um I just lost all momentum there, Alex. Lost all momentum. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's um, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a band into leader. The chorus, then. We're moving to the chorus. Well, we'll be kind of talking about it a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still still very dense, and but it slows down a little, or it feels slower. Yeah, because we're focusing on big hits from the yeah. like the backing vocals and they in that dress. Tell him yes. Yeah, like the piano too. The before I was going. Bah, 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 da, 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 like we're not getting that anymore. It's there's still a fair amount of piano, but it's not as like hard and it's not as not as dense. Yeah, there's because this is where the bass really kind of comes clear through to me as much as there still is a bunch of other shit. But it's just boom, right. boom, 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 boom. So yeah, it is a little more like it's more emphasis on heavy hits than than heavy speed in here. 
And Plus, we get that banjo to, to take us out of the chorus, and it does that by kind of like fast plucking. <laughs> yes, very fast. Um, it's also where we get the horns in the chorus. Yeah. And they follow that. In the chorus. Really cool uh, melody there, for sure. That's I right. Mean, it's so hard to get out of your head, if you even want to. Yeah, because those horns, like, you can only really hear them uh, when there isn't backing vocals there, because otherwise they're hitting the same notes. Bam, bam, bam. That's true. Yes, bam, bam, they're bam. all joining together. Yeah. It's almost a weird wall of sound in some ways, even though those horns should be distinguishable as horns. When you get them playing at the same time as the vocals, it's like, I just feel like the, the vocals are stronger somehow. I'm like, oh, it's just strong vocals. It's like, no, those, that's brass. <laughs> yeah, it's just boosting it up. But I mean, you're getting the leads, the backups, the brass all yeah. together. So there's a ton mm-hmm. of stuff going on there. So yeah, big fucking chorus. Yeah. Easy to sing along because it is slow too, like you said. So it's like, and backing parts, it's, this thing was built to be a pop hit. Yeah, absolutely. About James Van and me. James Van and me. <laughs> James Van and me. Do you, st- do you think he still asks them to take off their dress if it's about James Van and me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, talking exclusively about Dan Morrison wearing a dress for some reason. Also, James was there, but James Brown was there. Yeah, James Van and me all taking a pee in the washroom. Mm. I don't know where you go from there. In like a place, take a piss on me. Come on, James, take a piss on me. Come on, Van. Yeah, that's probably what the original lyrics were. I think so. Yeah. Something about Belfast. Yeah. Belfast. There you go. Um, James Brown's American, though, so it's not like you can... Yeah, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to take, a, take one of those eight-mile high flights. Yeah. On over. Across the um, water. Across the water. The pond. Yeah, the pond. That's what we call it. <laughs> but yeah, okay, score is big. We get the banjo. Back to the second verse. Yeah, banjo. Verse. Transition back into the verse. Really And really banging Sabre's... on the piano. I mean, I guess it's yeah. the intro rhythm, but... Everything like plays together for like one second. If you go to like 147, or it's like a yeah, you get that reverse of the piano going down before. I guess so, but like with other stuff too, I think. Yeah, it could it moment. could just be reverse piano. Sounds weird. That's another possibility. Yeah, there is also almost something like string slidey about it too, but I think it is predominantly the yeah. piano. It's a uh, Cool sound. Yeah. Bring us back into the verse. Back to verse. And like, this verse is structured the same as the first verse, like from a vocal melody point. So you're doing that same, yeah, like. Pretty similar stuff going on here. But yeah, none of the lines match up with each other in any meaningful way, melodically. That is, yeah, these people around here. To Ralura, to Ralura, yeah. Um, and then we do that, we do the chorus again. The next big thing is the bridge. Well, the accordion also comes in on the chorus. Can't forget that. But Wasn't the next it on the last chorus, too? Yeah. Was it on the last one? I thought it came in on the second yeah. one. But, um, I could be I wrong. Think I think I looked back, and he was, he, he was there from the start. And maybe not. I feel like it's more noticeable in the second one. For sure it is. I don't hear it much in the first one. If, I don't notice it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, no, you're right. He is a set course. Yeah, accordion. You're right. So accordion, then the bridge. And the bridge is uh, where they do their fun breakdown. It's mostly vocals and just kind of like drum beats. Come on. I lean to Lou Ryan. Come on. And then yeah. you speed up the tempo. Come and speeds up, which is really cool. Although supposedly that's like a very um, definite... Or a very likely direct theft from the other, um, the other Kevin. Yeah, because from uh, Archer. There was like a, a demo. Did you mention that demo? I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't think I mentioned the demo. To- he Actually, basically I did like his... gave a demo to Kevin Rowland. He's like, "Hey, this is a song I'm working on," and then quit the band. And then like this came out, and he's like, "That's my thing." Uh, but they do yeah. the speed up in that other song. <laughs> That's right. They also do the speed up in the hit song "Shout." Uh, they do that, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's influence, of course. Although, what was interesting about, or what I was thinking about, um, was uh, Take Me Out, which also has like a speed up, or yeah, slow yeah, down, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and also but, a banjo? And also a banjo, so banjo. Uh, but they were talking, I remember <laughs> when we were talking about that song, they mentioned how, like, they were having trouble speeding up and slowing down between the chorus and the verse, so they just right. had one tempo change. Um, this song also is just one tempo change, but that's right. Apparently, it's really tough. I imagine it would be. I can't imagine having to do that night after night because it's the only song people want to hear too. <laughs> yeah, and you got to play it at like a prominent part in your show every single night. Every single night. It's a lot. Um, yeah, they do this here. Alex, is this meant to be? Does he win here? Does he get some? Um, musically speaking, are we simulating sex that leads I, to an orgasm? Is this is that what this is? Yeah, come on. You know, interesting. And then you, you bust. That's, I quite, very possibly. I mean, I'm just thinking of like what he is, uh, is saying because there's really two vocal parts here the the come on i mean that's yeah, the, the lads telling her to say yes yeah and then he's thinking like, now you've grown now you've well, like just saying now you've shown and they just say actually come on island to lura they say uh you've grown they say so grown that's the backing vocals yeah he says things around here have changed which could imply that it's changed because he's getting some action finally these yeah, things, he, they are real, and I know, he says, holding her titties, I imagine. These are real. I know now. I suspect <laughs> no, it. No. Um, and, I mean, definitely, like, as, if that's the climax of the story, then I would say yes. But, like... But yeah, dog. Yeah. That's a, that's a little, uh, that's a little of my music theory regarding sucking and fucking. And fucking. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, you get that, and then big outro energy, man. We do the fucking outro, like... The crazy thing is, this song is, like, damn near five minutes long. It is long. But it's... It's... Oh, man. I just get into this song when I listen to it. Yeah. Hardly notice And then, of course, we get... Five minutes. Like, the ad-libbings on the end, where he's like, Whoa, ho, ho, ho. That's true. Look it's also... Usually when I listen to this song, if I forget about the, like, coda part... Yeah, I'll be like, I'll be like skip to the next track. I'll be like, isn't it almost over? Like, what's and then it all fades out and yeah, it's very quiet. And like, Twenty what's... seconds. It's weird. Um, and then he does. And then the... he says, "Oh, please me for these enchanting young things." 
Dearing young chums that our guys own save only to die Were to suddenly leave you fly in the night Just like fairies gifts gone in the sky Exactly. That was an actual sample from the song. That wasn't me. Yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna get a. Well, it's gonna say copyright issue. Yeah, we'll get pulled from Spotify. A, yeah, DMCA, whatever they. Would call this it is, this is our swan song here. Talking about Complain. "Come On Eileen." Yep. Um. Yeah, this song rocks. Fucking. Yeah. Back to front, front to does. back. It's uh ridiculously catchy. Great to sing along to, even though you don't know the words. Um. Yeah. Even if you don't know the words. Um, and like fairly unique, like how many really popular, exciting songs sound like this song? Yeah, none of them, dog. Um, yeah, great to sing along to if you don't know the words, because the words are iffy. And then paired with this music video, they're like, I don't know, dog. So this is directed by Julian Temple, who also directed the musical film Absolute Beginners in the hit film Earth Girls Are Easy, along with oh, a thousand, thousand music videos. I've definitely listened to the song Absolute Beginners and also watched the movie Earth Girls Are Easy. Yes, I am aware of both these things, Alex. Wow. Um, so yeah, he's big. He's a big, uh, big British guy, big British uh, music video producer, director, film producer. producer, director, yeah, rather. I believe me if all these charming young things. Sorry, I got that stuck in my head now. Um, so this is built in Kennington, South London. Um, mm-hmm. And it is... Eileen here is played by Mare Fahey, sister of Bananarama's Siobhan Fahey. Yeah, I Unless saw that's that supposed to be pronounced Fahey. I was like, ah, Bananarama. I forget that's a band sometimes. Yeah. She also, like, wasn't... In, like, she's not in the band anymore. Or the group, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My, the Bananarama, what if, come on, guys. That was your name <laughs> as a band? Back to the drawing board. I, well, I, yeah, I thought maybe they were like, like the Wiggles. A children's like band? Like children. But I think that is not yeah, the maybe. case. Okay. Anyway. Um, so here's the case here, folks. Yeah, what's going on Close up a fiddling at the start. Yeah, that's the intro. Uh, but then and it then cuts we see to like f- archival footage of Johnny Ray getting off a plane. And these at not Heathrow very Airport sad looking women. Are excited. These women seem fucking stoked. Yeah. <laughs> and Johnny Ray looks pretty happy too here. Yeah, so like no one's sad here. It's all a lie. But then it gives us some lyrics. It's a lyric video. One of them's got shoes that says Johnny Ray on it on both shoes. They do, yeah. They're just they like screaming. Like They've got Johnny stuff to on sign one probably. And, Ray on pictures. The other. and he's just yeah, smiling and kissing a photo of the man. And that's all and black and the white. Weird, here's the first weird move we get, is that poor Slide old Johnny show. Ray, the first set of lyrics, yeah. comes on the screen. Yeah. And then no other lyrics are put on the yeah, screen. Yeah, that's the only part. This picture of mom and dad. He's got a picture of himself as a young boy. Yeah. We get a little slideshow. The, the alleged Eileen. We get this Eileen. Yeah, so this is, again, playing into your childhood friends growing up, finding yeah. out that they can fuck. It's me and Eileen. And then it shows them, like, mid to late 20s. I don't know how old he actually yeah, was, so then but, like, like, he's got, boom, he's got facial hair, he man. He's wearing that Scottish hat. Yeah, what are those called? I don't remember. I don't remember. The one with the little ball on top. Everybody's wearing fucking denim overalls, though. Yep. They There's kiss. so much denim in this video, man. There is. <laughs> they're vagabonds? 
Ruffians? I don't they're remember. Certainly ruffians. They're playing outside, I think, a music store. Yeah, they're just like playing all day and he's singing and dancing. Yeah, we got the banjo lad. We got the dude with the one drum. Yeah, with his one drum. One dude's uh, just banging on a stick that is in like a butter churner. Like <laughs> I think the idea is there's a, a string between the top of that. Oh, and the box, I see it now. So I you can it, adjust yeah. I saw it in another the, shot. the tension of the string by moving I that understand. stick around. So yeah, we see the lads jammed. We get accordion boy, we get drum Dancing boy, we get stick box man. Yeah. And then we see a, a, just a charming lesbian couple taking their baby down the street. Yeah. But, but they've got to get past these fucking ruffians who are dancing. And they start to accost them. Yeah, they fucking take the presumed Eileen, and they're like, no, she's ours now. Yeah, the story's a little unclear to me what is going on, because, uh, like, were they together, and then they separated, or did they never happen? Yeah, I don't know, because then- Whose baby is are, that? Whose baby is that? Kevin runs over to Eileen after she escapes, as if to explain, like, why it was okay that his his boys accosted her. But then it just cuts to that not having happened? Yeah, then they're just back on the streets, and she's just walking by them. It's like a different day, a different life. Maybe that's see it. his armpits. Maybe there's time that's passed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's very bizarre. But they the, the dancing in front of the store is charming. Yeah. I like the fo- the generally folksy vibe. If they weren't harassing women, I think this video would be a lot <laughs> be a better. lot stronger. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, the strange part. And then like, there's a bit where he just like runs after her and grabs her. Yeah, and that's what does it. They're back together. After that's what. That. Do- that, it's so crazy because there's like onlookers on the street too. It's such a that like that's in the bridge section because he's like first leaning on a fence talking to her and then her friend or boyfriend I don't know the mult's very androgynous yeah. is like hey let's roll and so they leave and then Kevin looks over and the boys come up for the bridge and they're like dog what if we just sprint after her while snapping and he's like yeah you know what you're right she is grown and has shown now and then there, yeah, there's all, people are looking out of the windows on their, watching their houses, yep. and then onlookers watch, and he picks her up, and then they're like, "Spins yeah, her." That's spins and then her. It's nighttime. And then it's nighttime. And then strange the video, Alex. Friend from before is the violin player now. Yeah. Um, and was in an earlier shot as the violin player too, so that's also confusing. Hmm, could be different people with the same the, like yeah, mullet. Same, same mullet. That was basically a uniform back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, then he fucks off, and he's like, "Sorry guys, I got to go with now." Eileen. Yeah. And walk Eileen home. So they're together again, or maybe just for the first time. For the first time. Where did the baby go? <laughs> Where did the baby go? <laughs> Anyway, Who's um, also wearing overalls. Why is everyone wearing <laughs> fucking overalls? Yeah, so the, clearly they're all very fashionable and wearing the uniform of the day. Um, the story's a little vague, but yeah, the dancing in the street parts are fun, so that's cool. Yeah, I think this song, if you had just made it about dancing and how you could dance forever and remain young instead of about how much you want to bang Eileen, and if you also did that in the music video. Be a stronger song. That's my song. <laughs> that's my final thought. Stronger video, for sure. Stronger video, for sure. Alex, let's talk about... Speaking of things as timeless as overalls, what about bands named after movies from the 90s? Late 80s? 90s. 90s. 
Save Ferris, 1997. Yeah. Little Ska. American Ska Punk Band from Orange County, apparently best remembered for this very cover. Yeah, apparently. Grammy Showcase Award 1996 for Best Unsigned Band. Um, yeah, surprisingly a natural fit moving this to Ska. Yeah, possibly more than I was expecting, but I mean, it definitely keeps up, I mean, the energy. This is Ska, yeah. after all. It picks um, it up, let me tell you. But up, but up, but they start, uh, and I don't want to step through everything, but I do want to mention the horns at the start are the piano part from the... Yeah. Yeah, and then of course all those strings various riffs and things are on horns um but yeah it's just like going yeah. going they base it all around they they got the riff on the horns and then the, you know yeah. fast backbeat skank on that electric yeah. guitar an electric guitar fucking yeah. walking bass line going <laughs> bass line going absolutely and i really like the way they do the vocals in this one uh they're very clear uh quite compressed i think but uh yeah i like how they sound yeah, she's pretty strong, and of course, she there's no backing vocals. She just multi-tracks. Mm-hmm. So she does a good job there. Weird lyrical decision. Um, Our mother's used <laughs> to sing along. Who'd blame them? Mm. I didn't even pick up on that. It's so... Like, if you listen for it, it's such a strange... It's around... Let me see. 33. Another's used. Right, because she's really trying to do, like, hold those notes. and Yeah, and I guess, like, make voice. a grammatically correct sentence, and it's like, don't worry about it, dog. The lyrics aren't that important. <laughs> the sick ride. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they needed more syllables to do what they wanted to do. But cried and used the same amount of syllables. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, dog. It's strange, though. But that's their only change. Um, but yeah, fucking big ass energy on this. Um, we get the rising horns, and then there's this guitar that comes in on that like that pre-chorus section there, or that refrain, that like a big kind of just open chord. Does it? Yes, yeah, so when it they switch great. to those sections, and it gets like super distorted there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I mean, I already mentioned the vocals, but when she does, the, like, Tura Lura part is, like, so soaring. I think because of the compression, but, like, it, it just yeah. is it's massive. And then you just bust out into the chorus. Very exciting. And you gotta, because, like, we're talking about, like, that, even that skank backbeat. It's not like, bing, bing, bing. It's, it's like, it's very yeah. fast paced. It so you fast. have to have something incredible to make <laughs> to the, the chorus sound where... bigger than this very fast verse. Yeah. And uh, to the point where, like, it's fast, and I didn't actually write down my example, but, like, there are parts where it seems like she has to speak a bit too fast, because they have, like, kind of sped it up. And some yeah. of the faster parts, she now has to say them, like, really fast. That's right. Yeah, her phraseology does get a little weird, but yeah. it's, again, it's only, like, like the, a couple points, but the lyrics don't it. matter enough for that to <laughs> it's true. be a demerit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, they kind of have that back and forth where they get the distorted guitar or they have like the horns leading. Um, and usually if the distorted guitar is leading, then it's where the vocals are less of a focus. Right. Usually. Usually, um, yeah. And they do already have a kind of a speed up slowdown thing because Ska already kind of has like does that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of a natural. Like then they pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, right? Yeah. How else are you gonna um, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up? And this never gets like first. that slow. But of course, there's the the speed section, and they don't do the gradual build. No, it's uh, it's more of just like a quick shift. It's just that now we're going fast. We're going yeah, slow, we're going fast. And in fact, their last chorus is like super fast, like double time. Yeah. But yeah, fast stuff. Yeah, and see how they do that. There's almost like a ska punk of this kind has like a loose connection to the 50s. Right. And that kind of comes through in the uh, in the bridge there, I think. Loosely. I don't know, there's something about it that... Maybe it's yeah, also just seeing the music video around. where they're like at a a drive-in stripper club or something. When this yeah, is it's like an old TV set. Yeah, so that like, might be influencing my. That's what uh, I'm thinking of. I, my years on this. I mean, yeah. But when oh, we hang on, she says things won't ever change. Things won't ever change. Yes, I have that also noted. The the choices, and it's very funny because, like, one, the lines don't matter, but what people will get out of that section, especially <laughs> a section I thought was always things rarely do change. But he says things really have changed, is the original. So we have things really have changed. This one is things rarely do change. Um, My favorite has yet to come up, of course, but uh, we'll we'll hit that that one. Got a ways to go. So when this song ends, we get like a kind of soft ending on it. And then, which, hey, I might argue this also kind of a 50s. Well, she does, she has like a big, long holding, like, tells me. Everything yeah. to me, yeah. And then you Stop get this up. like, almost like the end of a YouTube video these days effect, where there's like an elevator music version of the, of yeah, the song the, like, they just played. Filtered AM radio version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is weird in 1997, but hey, yeah, this one. It's just the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, I thought this one was really exciting. Like, yeah, tons of fun. I really thought. Really like the vocals. Really like the the ska. Good time. Yeah, the attribute. Of Come On Eileen originally, what makes it a good song is that it's fun. And I think, yeah, like a 1990s ska band is pretty much the perfect <laughs> way to like revive that. It's about as fun as it gets, bro. Exactly. So let's talk about this music video, which, holy shit, only a minute and a half. Yeah, which is short. They've totally cut it. Like, it's, it's not even much of the song. It's like the first verse, a chorus, break down another chorus. Yeah. And yeah. so it's the band leaving for their first tour, and it's kind of played out like it's uh, them leaving to college kind of thing. Yeah, their families it's a are all party. there. People are hugging, trying There's to get them banner. to not leave. The bassist has a beer hat. He does. Like any good college leaving party. Yeah, and then it just kind of shows them on their like very stylized tour bus. Shows them playing instruments in the back of the bus. Shows them driving yeah. the bus and singing. Driving the bus, singing. And then they're just like at a show. Yeah, where she like she yeah. first appears on a on a pole. She slides down it a bit. Right. And this she is does. your old TV set. 
kind of like a like a game show almost, or like it does very like neon, very neon. Also looks like the outside of like an older theater. Yeah, it's old school. It's old school, yeah. And then they do that, they're done. Yeah, that's it. She, they, she does. They do the breakdown. They do the chorus. They do the ending. And it's done. It's over. Hey, there you go. Very quick. Very quick. They ran out of budget, I think. <laughs> I'd believe that. Yeah. Um, would you believe that there's a band called New Wave that covers this, Alex? Yeah, I think I would. Okay, this is our, I could because we're talking about Nouvelle Vogue. Yeah, I think it's just 2007. Come on, island. Oh, I swear what I'm in at this moment. You mean everything. You in that dress. Oh, my. It means new wave. Yeah, it's new wave. Um, And. They, they got a little pun going on, right? Because they yeah. cover basically new wave songs, which this is kind of. Yeah. By like way it's of in not the really like new wave post punk kind of era enough, right? But also new yeah. wave, like Bossa Nova, which also means new wave. Right. Portuguese. Which is also new wave. Yeah. So this is those two things together. Basically, yes. pop songs in a Bossa Nova style. Now, that's not so unusual. We've definitely heard that before. And that's kind of what this is. having traffic noises in the back traffic for a whole noises. three and a half mis- minutes? I it's thought just... it was ocean waves at first. But then near the oh, end, I you hear that they're too. trucks. Is it both? It could be both, but I think it might just be the sound of trucks driving by. Huh. Yeah, I uh, didn't even notice. I just thought waves. I was like, yeah, yeah, new Velvet, new, new wave, yeah. Wave wave, yeah, wave we put wave sounds in all our songs. That's why our name is that. I always think of like a, yeah, like a beach resort. Um, and they go from like left to right, so you get like this panning yeah. effect on that. So we get that, and then you get a guitar, like a very chill bossa guitar. And yeah, it's, you know, it's very bossa nova version. I would say this guitar is doing a little more complicated stuff. There's more like picking. Uh, oh, he's working as hard as, his, as he can. I'll he's give going. him that. He's going. Um, and like still doing the bossa rhythm, you know, but just with like a lot of notes and stuff. It's all very close, Mike. Um, yeah. I su- she sings I, the folk song intro. She does. Yeah. Um, is that just right what at the beginning? Were you going to say, man? Yeah, she goes. Ah, ah, ah. Right. Right, right. Um, I was going to say, I find I have been finding a lot of Bossa Nova covers boring lately, but I actually yes. thought this one is a little less like fade into the background sounding because Bossa Nova can be very like put on in the background and don't notice it. And yes. this still kind of has that because it's, you know, soft and it could fit in whatever. But I just thought like between the guitar performance and the vocal performance is actually fairly expressive. Um, that it was a reasonably solid Bossa Nova cover. Okay. I, Sometimes it, it they just like completely wash over, you know. Yeah. I will say that I liked the, the technicality on the guitar playing. I liked the tone on it. Mm-hmm. I just, this was too even of a version for me. And it is very even. So it just, it was too sleepy for me. I was like, okay, all right, we need to hit the next song. My big notes on this are she says mono instead of mono. Mono. Yeah, there's some interesting <laughs> accent stuff going on here. Um, yeah. They also don't do the breakdown at all. 
or the bridge. No, because what? How could you? Yeah, because where you don't have anywhere to go. You just drop the guitar, or you just drop the vocals. Like, what do you? <laughs> you can't. But yeah, that's pretty much it. But that's kind of this one in a nutshell. I guess it, it really is a. Do you like Bossa? You like this one? Are you kind of lukewarm on it? You'll be lukewarm on this one. Um, let's talk about one I liked a lot more, despite also basically just being a guitar. Uh, Sunshiners in 2007. Sunshiners, yeah, I couldn't find a whole lot on this band, their domain. Like, they have a Facebook page, but the link to their website is not their website anymore. Goes to, like, it's yeah, been purchased. definitely not their website. So, they're from Vanuatu. Yeah, they seem to be from which Vanuatu. Which is a country in Oceania. They're, they consider themselves a pan-cultural reggae collective dedicated to reggae-inspired covers of British pop hits. Um, yeah, so they're, like, just a collection of some dudes. Yeah, there's some dudes. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's the island feel, right? They've got, like... I don't know that it's a ukulele, but it's a small I mean, It guitar. sounds like a ukulele if it's, it's a not. Small guitar, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they produce that feeling pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. And, and so, yeah, in the same way that the original brings out vibes of folk, this brings out vibes of island folk, essentially. Yeah. Different you get the ukulele, you get whistling, you get hand drumming. Yeah. I'll love songs with whistling. You know? Yeah, dog. Nice, nice whistle sounds. Very nice. Um, and of course, when the band joins, you know, the band joins in the kind of loose harmonies, but like nice sounding harmonies. Yeah, it's, it's fucking cool sounding. Yeah. So good sounds for sure. Um, yeah, probably good that this one, I mean, the previous one was under three and a half. This one is also even shorter than that. Probably good idea. Not stretch it out too much because I don't know. I feel like the original has like some complexity and some excitingness. Yeah, so many different moving pieces. Yeah, and if you strip it down, it may be more difficult to sustain. So yeah, to sustain that level of interest. But, no, yeah, I think these guys yeah. stay just the right amount of time. Totally I like their solid. group singing on the chorus. I like the, the fucking ukulele sound and guitar or whatever it is. I like the tambourine that comes in. nice. Yeah. Yeah, good, good percussion. All around. Um, yeah, I got nothing bad to say about this one. Only good things. I thought it fucking rocked. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this one. I even there's a bit I don't know why I wanted to point this out, where they go Ah Yeah, they do like a sigh. <laughs> you go to like two fifty nine and they sing the like Ah come on let's line and then they go like ah Ah <laughs> come on let's Ah oh, come yeah. on Aline Fuck yeah, these dudes rock. Um let's keep the island vibes going, Alex, by talking about Freaking Lou Bega. Lou Bega. Yeah. Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear what he needs at this moment. You need everything. You in the dress. All my thoughts I confess. There's a dirty. The Mambo number five guy, which is technically also, I believe, a cover or a sample, depending on how you want to yeah, I believe define it. it. Like, yeah, a sample or a cover, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, so Lupega is his middle name that he then turned into a full name. Yeah, he's um, Bavarian. Yeah. yeah so like born the, in Munich. You know, Pitbull calls himself Mr. Worldwide, but 
this guy, Lubega, born in Munich, Bavaria, to an Italian mother and Ugandan father, who then, as a teenager, travels to Miami, Florida, yeah. where he's then inspired by you know the musical stylings there to create tunes such as Mambo Number no. Five. Such as Mambo Number no. Five, but that's really his his hit. You know, he's also one at Wonder. Yes. Um, did I already say that? It's still true. Um, regardless. Yeah, so that's one one-hit wonder covering another one-hit to two-hit wonder, depending on where you're located on the globe. Right. And, boy, it sounds like the money from uh, Mobile Number no. 5 is stretching thin, because the instruments on this are cheap, dog. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... Like, after hearing the Save Ferris version, and the horns are so exciting, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, they're f- so flat on this one. It's a lot of horns, and it, I feel like it could be a cool uh, arrangement, but just, I don't know, the sure, horns yeah. just die in the water. Like, I think it's just, like, they, Yeah, they sound like they're from something. one of the worst, like, Sonic Genesis games or something. <laughs> like, it sounds just like a cheap sound card. Yeah, it is not great. It is not great. And I think that really drags it down. Because if you, like, more near the end, in particular, oh, no, the outro sucks um but like mm-hmm. in the kind of like not the end end but like right leading up to like the the breakdown part um it gets a little more exciting but i don't know it's yeah. mostly like we got another mono hit here too mo- he says mono <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just a you know a western european thing i guess yeah must uh, be. although i cannot imagine what his accent would sound like although it's probably not that difficult to imagine because i'm sure he's done interviews right um, maybe he sings through all his interviews to keep up the illusion <laughs> yeah, <that he's> maybe <laughs> uh and he's he's a decent singer although it is a little weird on this i feel like he goes a bit high and like kind of changes yeah. registers and that is a bit throws you off a little bit it throws me off anyway yeah because i think he maybe auto tunes or something on the high end that's possible and so he does the you're grown, so grown. And the thing is, on the original, that's like two different notes that are hits. Like you're grown, so grown. Like yeah. he plays on it. But he hits them like note for note. It feels yeah. so like weird and like unnatural. It's too, it's too precise. Yeah. And the thing Very is, this possible. is Mambo number five guy who like exactly. half of the fun of that song is him just going like, ha, whoa, yeah. oh, watch me now. And like you don't get any of that here. He's mm, playing so yeah. tight to the book. The best moment you get from him where he does hit a little lower is when he goes, Oh, come on, I lean. Like he's yeah, he's like his little register. growl that he does a couple times. That's like, yeah, that's the best thing. But that's in yeah, the lower the part, peak. like you said. Yeah, lower part, and not as much in the early parts as it is, you know, towards the outro. Yeah. Um Okay, I found I found the part I was talking about too. Yeah. I said it gets more like they kind of get like a muted trumpet sound in the in the breakdown. The breakdown mm-hmm. here is a little more like chorus line. Right sound, um, and that's that's cool. Although still doesn't quite make it there because he still has those like questionable uh, production decisions. But it's okay once yeah. the horn starts doing a little like noodling. Um, yeah, like that almost yeah. like kind of drunken horn. Like it's a little sleazier. It's like yeah, exactly. it's, it's a little sleazy, greasy. Yeah, when he starts having fun with the song, it actually sounds good. When it's just a cheap karaoke like Caribbean track with Lou Bega kind of struggling. 
It's not great. But and then yeah, okay. The other part, I said the outro sucks. What I'm referring to specifically mm-hmm. is the transition between the breakdown and the next section. That in the original is very but then this is like it's very like it's the flattest part and it's like that should be hyping me up for the outro yeah. but it's so flat. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't think this Lubega version um is very good. Oh yeah, that fucking it's like it actually like loses all the momentum. Yeah. It, that it like, like, like that how it did you it put and, that together and be like, yes, this needs to go out. Like just like that that part's gotta change, if nothing else. If nothing else, it's yeah. I think there's it makes sense. Lubega fun guy from the fuck known for his fun song. Do another fun song from the eighties. Like it makes so much sense on paper. Yeah. Just do it right. Like <laughs> It was it was close, but it's close. You just need to rework the instrumentals, rework and everything, like and then yeah, turn things down a key. You were close when you got Lou Bega to do it, but also that's all of this album. What it sounds like is kind of these cheap instruments in the back and Lou Bega kind of like feeling out Karma Chameleon and Red Red Wine. <laughs> yeah, but you know, all in all, hell yeah, still like Lou Bega. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's talk about one I didn't think I would like, though. The Venezia Fair, or Venetia Fair, in 2013. Yeah, that's a, a name of mm-hmm. a person. Apparently the person who named Pluto. Oh. When they were like 11. They came up with this name too? I mean, this is their name. Na- NASA came to them. Oh, their name was Venezia? Yeah. I thought maybe this, like NASA was like, okay, sick. Thanks for naming the planet. Do you also have any good band names? Good band names? <laughs> she was like, g- g- <laughs> she like, like, looked at the back of her notebook. She's like, um, yeah, Venezia yeah. Fair. Uh, that. <laughs> like, you're good at naming stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, so named after the Pluto girl. That's fun. Yeah. They're a rock band from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Uh, it's safe to call them emo style. Yeah, definitely. I would compare them to like My Chemical Romance, Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Um. So like emo, but like in the sort of theatrical vein. Yeah. In some way, I think that also this is weird, but is that's also <laughs> Johnny Ray is the same. I think. Interesting, because his like if you listen to his tunes, they're uh, his, I call them tunes now, bro, because I'm eighty. Yeah. Um, you listen to his songs, they're kind of like like there's it's about sad stuff, but it's more in that like theatrical like whoa, I'm singing in the rain and it sucks. It's the worst right. day, but I'd sing quite cheerily. So that's the like crooner thing. Yeah, so weird to think of those as connecting, but I've made that thought now, and that makes me very smart. Yep, I had not and interesting. But yeah, so you're right. It is theatrical. It's big, but it's like, like the yeah. vocals are Johnny Ray. Oh yeah, yeah, very that in that like I guess pop punk style, uh, yeah. where I would say it comes from for me. A um, little more piano focused as well, but still yeah. a lot of um, like distorted guitar. A lot of distorted guitar, and that piano is kind of like fun. It's a little off kilter once it gets into its role like it starts out with some like chords 
And then it starts kind of noodling around. It does like a flamenco kind of like melody yes. or rhythm at one point. Yeah, it's de- it's like um yeah, like kind of Latin for a bit. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, that's in the verses. Yeah, uh, particularly in the second verse. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Similar to Save Ferris, Save Ferris kind of was back and forth between like the the more heavily distorted parts and the softer, but still led by brass parts. <laughs> Uh, just less distorted. Um, whereas right. they are more, there's piano-led sections and then guitar-led sections in a similar right. fashion. Yeah, 100%. Because once you hit like this sort of refrain section to like pre-chorus, chorus, that's when the guitar starts to lead. Yeah. And honestly, like that guitar ripping in in that section is a really good sound. Like, Yeah, it's tight. I really enjoyed yeah. it. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit overall. And I, and, I yeah. also and like, was, like, not sure at first. Because once the vocals came in, I was like, okay, we got a pop punk thing going on. But it's like, no, 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 no. This is not just, like, a pop punk cover. This is a little different style. Yeah, it's like they're throwing weird elements at this. And they are... And, like, lyrically, I think the fit of, like, like this kind of young love song is stylistically for pop punk and like emo stuff. Kind of more like whiny sound, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's a young person complaining about something. Yeah. It's like perfect. Like, These uh, people around here don't know out. shit. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, um, and they do also, my favorite thing. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to draw a comparison with the Lou Bega version. Cause I think they do a more successful chorus line approach to the breakdown. Yes, they with do. With their bouncy piano. And there's like little guitar licks and spits coming in and then like the whole band joins in which is you know what happens in this section usually but i think they do a better job of it yeah i think yeah the bounce on the piano keys with the noodling on the guitar it sets up yeah more of that chorus line feel you can yeah you can picture everybody arm in arm singing along as the band plays this like yeah absolutely it's it's done pretty strongly and they do in this breakdown of course my favorite uh things really have changed line now i must say more than ever things randomly change change. like yeah you know what that's true (laughs) and it is it is it's a great perfect yeah love it so yeah i also really enjoyed this version yeah big outro um we get like a big band finish on us then a little piano tinkling and like some guitar Oh. Like fading out. So yeah, it's fucking good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about our last cover for the day. Um, Ursel 2016. Yes, which is seems to be the name of like the singer. Yes. Um vocalist and steampunk cosplayer yeah and apparently like snare drum enthusiast just based on the description i don't know if you read the description it was like she heard a snare drum in jazz music and liked it oh that's cool (laughs) (laughs) i didn't read that part as soon as i looked at how long it was and yeah it's maybe two paragraphs i was like yeah "Yeah." (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah this one like it's kind of electronic and then kind of jazzy as well yeah, it opens with like a, a music of box kind of sound. Yeah, it, it it's like um, the sort of glockenspiel or Celesta mm, sound that yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. almost like those for babies versions. Yes. Um, I wrote down for babes actually, but that's a typo. For babes, <laughs> babes. That's why I'm listening to it. Um, this is definitely a version for babes. <laughs> 
Um, but there's and there's other like jazz stuff in there, particularly the drums. Yeah. Um, and then like the electric piano sound too, which doesn't come up a lot because it kind of gets covered up, but it's there. Right. Yeah, it's there. You got this sort of like guitar accompaniment, this kind of like almost like a funk riff version of the song. Yeah, it's very like it sounds, I mean, it's like loops, right? Yeah, you're in lo fi chill zone here for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. And like that's the you sort of You could study to part. this. I, I could probably study to this, actually. Fucking slap that mic, Alex. <laughs> Let him know what's up. My <laughs> my pop filter just slipped and hit the mic. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, like, I'm listening back to these these tracks, and it sounds like you're just in combat with your mic. <laughs> I do move it around a lot, but I move myself like, around a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Hadouken! <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on over there, Alex? <laughs> like, yeah, anyway, I guess this one's like jazz or whatever. Yeah, it's like <laughs> jazz. And they do the thing with the drums. Hang on, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this one's like jazz, and they do the thing with the drums, isn't it? <laughs> the thing it? with the drums. Um, uh, one thing I thought was kind of interesting, she sort of simplifies the chorus a bit. Like, some of the more extraneous words get cut out. So it's like still kind of busy, but less so. So it's yeah. a bit simple, even though it's not that simple. Does that make sense? I th- hang on. Sorry, I had a, a thing hit me. What you say it one more time? <laughs> okay. Um, it like mostly simplifies the chorus. It kind of s- cuts out some of the like extraneous words because there's definitely a lot of the a lot of words in the original that kind of seem like they're just for like filling space. Right. Um, and it removes some of that. Yeah, and it's um, you're right, it is simple, because it's just like yeah. that basic rhythm, some like synth pad fills, and she just yeah. kind of, it's not ripping through it, but she's like, she moves at a steady pace through the lyrics. Yeah, it kind of, like it breaks up a little bit, and like stretches mm-hmm. it out, but it's not like choppy or anything. Yeah, so sorry, while you were telling me that, I was at 144 in the song. Okay. And I was like, why does this sound like sound and vision? Oh. The little glock there. Okay. Where I will live. Blue, blue. It's close. It's oh, yeah, similar. It does it's just a that. descending pattern. But yeah, I think it's, I don't know if it's just chromatic or um, diatonic motion. Hey, would you describe like the slow arpeggio? The sort of like, I guess the villains in Mad Max Fury Road as chromatics. Chromatics? Yeah. They do love chrome. That's my little Mad Max music joke for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. I could tell from all the raucous laughter on your end. Um, I I think I'm jumping off track here because this one didn't leave a heavy impact on me. I don't think it's bad, but it is just kind of like, what if Eileen was chill? It is pretty chill. Yeah, I don't think I, it's bad. I think, I think it's, it's a little stronger than Nouvelle Vague in terms of yeah, his chillness. There's a little more going so. on. Yeah, a little more meaty, um, a little more interesting. And like some nice stuff. Like the, I like the the strings, uh, the high strings on the the breakdown. Add a nice little texture. Uh, there's even like a little skank in there. So yeah, there is a skank that shows up. Yeah, um, and it just ends at the end of the breakdown. That's kind of the rest of the structure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's 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 like pleasant. Yeah. Plus, in the same way, you're like this bossa track is like not background music. This for yeah. sure is like, despite all its many interesting hooks and loops and things, it's hooks like yeah, it's background music. Yeah, 
Um, but we got to hook on, loop on to our final statements because we're running a little long we today. We are running a little long. I think I don't know whose fault that is. Definitely not mine. Uh, <laughs> Alex, we got three verdicts today as well. Three categories. I guess three verdicts each. One for each category. Worst version, yeah. best version, and which version is most likely to get laid? All right, let's make it happen, Alex. Worst version. <laughs> worst version. I mean, it's got Lou Bega for me. I just the horns fall so flat. There's some know, promise there, but basically all the things, the Latin flavor, the chorus line, like somehow that was all done better by Vinesh Fair. Yeah, who Vinesia? aren't even attempting we, Latin music. <laughs> yeah, weren't even doing Latin music. Um, and then the horns were d- better by Save Ferris. Um, yeah. So, sorry, Lou. It just didn't work. Um, I think, yeah, you put it on paper. Uh, you're like, Lou Bega does Common Eileen. I'm like, this is going to fucking rock. And it is not even close to being like, f- it's not even like fun bad. It's just like, oh, man, Lou. Oh, that could have been so much better. That could have been something, but it was not. You're right. Worst version. Alex, what's the best version? The best version. My best version, there were several that I quite enjoyed, actually. I was actually surprised at how um, good some of these yeah, were. Yeah, I think my best version is Save Ferris, though. I figured it would be. It's, just, it's very exciting, start to finish. It's a little janky, but like in a we're a ska band from the mid-90s kind of way. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I like the vocals, and uh, I like the horns. What else do you need? You don't. You don't need anything else, Alex. Yeah, great version. Um, I liked it a lot too. I think I got to go with the 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 Venetia Fair, the Venetia Fair. Yeah, I don't know how to say that. I know. Well, I thought it was like Venice. <laughs> I thought so too, like Venetian, and maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is, is. Venetia. Uh, but I they. It's just not expected. I was like, like save Ferris. I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. And then I was like, okay, an emo band's not gonna be able to, to knock this one out. And they do. They do yeah. things you don't expect. Some really strong piano. And some great use of distort. It's it's just fun. Kicked ass. It was great. Um, Alex, what is who's getting, who's getting late tonight? Who's, who's bagging Eileen? Who's bagging Eileen? Hmm. I said bagging. It's a different term. I'm trying to Be- get in as bega? many of these. Lou Bega? Um, Lou Bega. Lou Bega for some action, because uh, that's what the song is about. Hmm. Come on, Eileen, please sleep with me. Please <laughs> sleep with me. Um, which one is it? I, um, it's, probably, it's probably your cell. I don't know. It's chill, but it's, it's compelling chill but confident in an attractive way and in a yes. confident way and it still does some cool stuff and there's some cool cool things going on that i think i think eileen might be into yeah you might be right there alex that's a solid choice a lot of a lot of good vibes going on in her cell i gotta give it to sunshiners man i actually did write in their notes like these guys should play at a wedding like they should be a wedding band which can be an insult but also like i think these guys can get the vibe going yeah and if you're and you know Wedding bands, I think, get laid. I don't know. I'm see. I've never actually seen a wedding band. I don't think. No, sort of it's an, all been DJs. Yeah, they're an old concept, aren't they? I but think they, these guys expensive, are expensive, kind of and I've never been yeah. to a wedding where they really focus the funds on the music. Yeah, but like people are gonna want to remember this, so we'll hire some fucking no name band that yeah. only does weddings. And everybody's really gonna like that and remember that, and not the food that we're we're cheaping out on. You're right. It's like it's it's the last thing you want to spend money on. And when five dudes are like, "Hey, we can play some island vibes," and a DJ comes up, he's like, "I can play anything. Name a song you like. It's on the list." You're like, "Okay, yeah. well, 
where am I going to put my money? You're right, Alex. But nonetheless, Sunshiners are getting laid tonight, whether they're playing a wedding or not. And that does it for our final verdicts. You got a similar opinion, different opinion. Want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, of which there are many. I originally had 16 songs on this playlist. Good God. Um, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Should sure rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends, neighbors, enemies, loved ones. Here's what you got to do this week. All right. So you're working in the office. One of your, 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 I'm assuming you guys are all cubicle workers in this scenario. One of your coworkers gets up to go to the bathroom. You fucking whip over to that computer. You open up, cover me. Don't like start playing or anything, but just like open it up on their browser, and then make sure nobody else sees you doing this. But then like. You, uh, there's a few ways to go about it. So when they come back to their desk, you, you play to walk by and you're like, dude, what the fuck are you looking at at work? And they look and they're like, what the fuck? Oh, I didn't put that up there. And you're like, that's a bit fucking strange. And then you kind of like, you kind of report it to management and then they like, figure out about it. And you tell like, you kind of gossip around the water cooler. And you're like, he's looking at this thing called cover me podcast. We should all ironically listen to it. And then you, you hook them in that way. So you make it an office problem. And then the office problem is our benefit. That's how you can market for us this week, folks. <laughs> and that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. As we always say on Cover Me, cover me, oh, I swear at this moment, you mean everything. <laughs>